Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today's guest is Javier Mendez, the founder of AKA, uh, the head trainer of Team AKA, a man who's built champion after champion, star after star, my trainer for my, my entire UFC career, as well as my, one of my best friends and also my business partner. Um, he's been on the show many times before. I love having him. It's great talking to him. Uh, and, and he's just a great person. So let's get started. Javier, what's up? Not much, Zwick. Just hibernating a little bit some days. Some days I'm out. Some days I'm mostly in, though. Yeah, so y'all are doing over there. Yeah, well, we're getting back to normal. Actually, really normal now. So we've been, obviously, you know, we've been closed. And then we opened up for just Muay Thai. We couldn't do clinching. We couldn't do MMA. We couldn't do grappling. Um, And I think there's going to be more things open now on July 1st in the next two days. So... I don't know. I, I, and the international flights are going to open, so we actually can get customers, which is actually nice. <laughs> when you have a destination gym, it's always good when people can actually fly to the destination. So right. yeah, that's gonna that's gonna help us out a lot. Um, so I think this month will be uh, July will be a lot better than than June was, and definitely better than the last three months. So um, I guess we'll see. I just hope there's not like a second outbreak of this thing because Thailand's quick to shut everything down and. I don't really want to be shut down for another couple months. Yeah, you know, I'm not so sure shutting anybody down now after this ordeal and watching and observing. And like Sweden didn't shut down and, and their economy didn't hurt one bit. And their, their outbreak was not huge by any means. They're not even in the top by any means. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. Was it the wise thing to shut down? I don't know. You know, one thing's for damn sure. This thing is a serious, uh, you know, it's a serious virus. That's for damn sure. And it's very uh, contagious. I've had a lot of friends that have had it. And as soon as one gets it, the whole clan gets it. You know, a whole family yeah. gets it. And uh, and some of the ones that had it, they all say the same thing, that uh, they feel like they were going to die. Wow. So, so yeah. No, I don't is this young, don't healthy people? Yeah, some were young and healthy. Yep. One of them wow. was actually a fighter that trained with us and. uh he talked to one of the other fighters from the gym, and he said, oh, man, he, he got it. He thought he was going to die. Holy cow. It was cow. the worst, yeah. So, no, this thing, it just depends. You know, some people, um, it affects different. Like, uh, two of the people that I know, the family, two of them were diabetic. Okay. And, and I thought for sure, to be honest with you, before they got it, I thought they would be goners, based, being on the fact that they were pretty bad diabetics, right? But, no, they made it. They made it. They made it through. But uh, they're not feeling too good. Wow. So uh, AK headquarters is still shut down? Is, is it open or is it, it, is it? No, no, we're still shut down. We don't even know what's going on. Uh, they're going county by county, and our county still is not open. Other counties around us are open. Like, I actually live in another county, so they're open here where I'm at. Uh, it's a small little, like, 72,000 people live in the county, so it's, it's open. Uh, uh, it's a little weird, you know, going in and, to see the restaurants half full and then, uh, you know, every other table you can't use, you know, things yeah. like that. And having to go wherever you go, you have to wear a mask. Otherwise, they won't serve you, you know. Oh, wow. So, yeah. yeah. So, so once <laughs> yeah. you're sitting at the table. Kind of weird. Once you're sitting at the table and you're eating, I guess you can take it off. And so. Yeah, yeah. When you when you sit down to, to eat, you take it off. But then when you enter, you got to have it with you. I haven't even been out to eat or anything. Like, I've, I've ate at home and... and at work and like yeah i haven't even went to a restaurant or anything in three months 
You know, they're opening up a nightclub illusion, the big nightclub here this weekend. But it's like the rules are like you can't be close to people. You can't dance. You can't sing. You can't. You can't. I think I think you can drink, but like minimal. It's it's like what are they doing? Like what? How is that going to be? That's going to be strange. Well, hopefully this uh, this thing will end soon, and then we can get back to normal. Because I tell you what, talk about complacency. Like I'm not going to take for granted just being able to go to work and watching the gym be full and training and and stuff like that anymore. Because like who would have ever thought that that would just end? Who would have ever thought that I'd build this gym and then it would just have to be closed by the government for three straight months? Like, that's crazy. Well, not only just you, that the whole world. Well, right. Uh, only two countries, only two countries. Was it Sweden and, and Iceland or something like that? The, know, the two yeah. right next to next to each other? I think they're the only two, right? I could be wrong, but I think they're the only two that didn't uh, shut anything down. That's crazy. I could, I could be wrong. Sweden for sure. I'm not sure about Iceland, but Sweden for sure. And, and if you look at the... The graphs, they didn't, they didn't get hit that bad. They did get hit, but not like like we got hit. I assume... You know, well, nobody got hit like U.S. The U.S. I, got smashed. I assume in the next like week or so, it's going to get really bad in the U.S. because of all the protesting and stuff. Like, there's, you know, so many groups of people, like, e- either it's going to get really bad or we're being lied to by, by somebody because, like, it's, like, hundreds of thousands of people in, like, very close distance from each other. Yeah, you know, I don't, you know, yeah, it, uh, you know, I, I think that uh, who knows the truth, right? Yeah. All we do know is that we're still shut down. So obviously it's serious, but how how serious is it? We don't know, you know, because if you look at the news, you don't know whether the news is real or not. Sometimes it's real and other times it's not. I mean, the majority of the time I've been watching the news they're just picking on the president, you know, yeah. and they're not talking about news, just picking on the president. I go, man, can we talk about other things yeah. other than what he thinks or this or that? It's like, come on. It is you crazy know? how so, much they dissect him in a state like this, you know, like, I mean, I, there's people that agree with him and don't agree with him and like him and don't like him. But it's like when we're facing these problems, people would rather talk about the president and how he's not handling the problem than actually just talking about the problem itself. And, and trying yeah, to focus on that, opinion, which is crazy to opinion, me. His, and I'm like, geez, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know. It's like they're using they're using this pandemic for their agenda to to oust this guy. Yeah. And you know, it's like let his work oust him. You know, but no, you're you're trying to poison the water on the guy. You know, he does enough dumb things on his own. You know, let him do them. You know? Yeah, I don't get very, I don't get very political, but like. I mean, I can, I have common sense and, 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 you know, any president that's sitting as the president of the United States that gets hit with this virus is not going to be an expert at it. You know what I mean? Like, how the hell is he supposed to know the answers? And then he's being told, he's being told uh, what to say and what to do by experts and the experts change their opinion. Like the CDC and the the WHO, the, you know, the World Health Organization, they're changing their opinion. They'll they'll tell you a fact, and then like a week later, they'll say, "Oh no, no, that's not correct. We have new yeah, new yeah, evidence yeah. saying he, this." He has to eat it. <laughs> so like when he's repeating what the experts tell him, I mean, it, it makes him look bad yeah. because like it yeah, changes. It does, we, yeah. None of us know what's going on. No, including no, they the experts. It all the time, like they just added three new. Uh, uh, things that, that say you have COVID and uh, diarrhea or something they didn't have before and uh, nausea and what was the other one? Uh, diarrhea, nausea, and 
one more that's another another symptom that, that wasn't added before. So they mm-hmm. added three more symptoms. So again, for all we know, next week they'll have three more symptoms. You know, you just don't know. This thing is, uh, you know, it's like it's highly intelligent to some degree, you know, for a virus. I have to believe that it does have something to do with the climate because we have, we had so many Chinese tourists in at the time of this pandemic. And then even after the pandemic or, or after the virus got like widespread because we didn't know exactly where it was coming from and who was doing it, you know. So for a good month, we still had Chinese people, like a lot of them coming into Thailand and especially right from Wu. I think we had direct flights from Wu, China to Phuket, like two flights a day. So, so for an entire month, when Wu was just getting absolutely destroyed by this virus, they were flying into Phuket, you know, by the by the plane load twice a day, and we've never yeah. had over I think 200 people on the island with th- that's been tested positive. And like right now, there's like zero people, there's zero active cases, except I think there's like a couple people in the hospital. It's crazy, and I, and I yeah. think it might be the weather, like they said. Yeah, remember, remember when I was there in December, I had that nasty cough and I had that slight fever. And, and we might have had it, yeah. Unbearable. I couldn't, I couldn't, remember I couldn't, I was miserable. Yeah. You know, it was remember. like I was hanging around, but I wasn't hanging around. I was I was very miserable during that time, you know. Yeah. It's like, what a way to spend my third time there, you know. <laughs> the great yeah. thing is my son had an unbelievable time. That was, that was the good part. Yeah, that was was important, and and I had like a cough back in January too. That was it wasn't too bad, but I I hope I hope I had it too and just got over it, you know. Um, but, but getting back to, oh, I got to put you on the spot um, on the podcast. So uh, Manel Cap is one of our fighters who just he won the Ryzen World Championship, as you know, um, and then and then he just signed with the UFC and everything. So what he's fighting, um, hopefully he's trying. There's nothing official, but he's trying to get on a fight at the Apex coming up um here soon so he wants to know uh, if it's cool if he can come down there and train with you guys and then just get acclimated and and then uh and then go fight that's not a question he's, so you have to say yes because you're on he's the podcast AKA, come on <laughs> no he's gonna love he it like show, he, he can walk in unannounced it doesn't matter he's aka i knew what you, you know, were gonna say like, but i just, I just anybody anybody you have anybody we have we're all brothers it, that doesn't matter they're you know we all take care of each other we all fly the same banner. We, we, we have the same uh, goal in mind to be the best, you know. And uh, no, he's AKA, so he don't have to. He don't. That's not. He don't have to ask permission. He don't. You don't have to ask me. He just shows up. You're gonna like him too, Hob. He's your type of guy, man. He he trains hard and uh, he's flashy. You're gonna you're gonna have to like. You'll probably want to like mellow down his flashiness a little bit. He's kind of like the, got that Salim flash. But he gets away with it, and he's got power, and well, he's he's got great takedown well, defense. So if, if he's comfortable and he gets away with it, I would just I would leave him alone. I would just say the things he doesn't get away with, work on them. Yeah, if he can't work on them, then I would say cut that out. You know, only the things that don't work is what I would say cut out. But his flashiness yeah. works for him, then he should always carry that with him. You know? And that's what that's always. what made him a that's what made him a star. I mean, oh. he's a he's a superstar in Japan. I mean, it's like it's funny watching uh, us build up Amir and take him from zero MMA experience to being the main event against Crow Cop in the World Grand Prix and see how big of a star he became. And it's like Manel's doing the same thing. So I got to watch two fighters already from AK Thailand go from like basically yeah. obscurity yeah. to like being in stars Amir, and having Amir, floods of fans. Just at the UFC too, right? Uh, Amir did, you know, because he saw you in Dubai or Abu Dhabi or whatever. But something happened. I don't know. I, I think that I think because of uh, 
maybe visa issues or something with Iran or something, but something happened. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Oh, I thought it, I thought I just recently saw something with Ali and him, the manager. Maybe with Habib. Maybe I saw something that he he signed. He signed. Oh, he either signed with the UFC or he signed with Ali. No, I think okay. he signed yeah, with yeah, Ali. Yeah, yeah. He signed with Ali. I think so. Yeah, good move. That's a good move. Ali, yeah. Ali is a great, great manager. You know, think, very good move on, on Amir's part. Very good move. Yeah, we stay in touch, but he's in Iran right now. And then now with Iran issuing a, issuing a, I just read this this morning, but he, he, they issued a arrest warrant for uh, Donald Trump, President Trump. I, I don't think that's going to help the matters of like Iranians coming to America. So no, yeah. Also, I saw I saw a video too where the par- parliament over there had a meeting and. And they were all chanting and singing "Death to America, Death to America." I, 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 I think that that's—I think that's a little bit more aggressive than issuing a, a warrant. It's crazy, so, man. And hey, you know, it's—it's—it's it's, it's politics. We're not involved. I feel like everyone I talked to, I mean, we, we deal with a lot of international people coming through AK Thailand, and I'm not just fighters in general, but just everyone. It seems like America's the spot to be. Like, I'm, I'm biased. So I'm taking myself out of the fact that I'm American, but it seems like America's the place to be that everyone wants to go to and, and live the American dream, be free and, like, have a career and be a star or, or just have a, a, a business and, and, and do something. But yet there's still so many people that like hate America so much. It's so weird that like it seems like the, the main country people want to kind of go to. But it's also the, the place that gets all the hate if there's anything wrong in the world. Like it, it's kind of crazy how that works out. Yeah. And, and, and you know, and I kind of see it both ways, too. I see the bad and the good, you know, the, the greatness of America. And then I see the bad of, of America, you know, and, and I see the greatness in other countries and I see the bad there, too. You know, uh, so. You know, I think everybody looks at the over everything. Look at Thailand. Thailand's unbelievable, but then Thailand's not unbelievable. You know, it just depends on what particular area you're talking about and what needs work on. Every country appears to be lacking something, right? Yeah. It's just a matter of how much you, how many checks does it hit? Does it hit this check, 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 or does it only half the checks and the rest is negatives? You know, and yeah. I've noticed that every country, every country is that way. Every country is that way. Yeah, it's crazy. It, 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 yeah, it's crazy. So, what about um, I got I got to ask about Khabib. Um, what's he doing? What, what's he up to? And also, how, how's his father? Because like, I got you. Know, obviously, I haven't talked to him, and uh, it's not, I hope everything's going okay. Because you know, I haven't heard any updates. So, so hopefully, everything's going okay. And is he just chilling in uh, Dagestan and training, or, or how's it going over there? Well, there's a lot of things going on uh, at the present time. What's going on with him? I contacted him about uh, a week and a half ago. I haven't been able to talk to him since. We've been missing each other, you know. I today he called me twice. I called him yesterday twice, and we miss each other. I guess the connection's really bad, you know, through the internet and whatnot. But uh, from what I gathered last time, he, he he's in Moscow. Habib's in Moscow training for what's going to happen, but he's not making any decisions on what's going on until he knows his father's clear. Right. You know, that, that he doesn't have to worry about his father. And he says that uh, they allow him like 30 minutes a day to go in to see his father. So he'll go in and he'll talk to his father. He'll hold his hand. He said his father can understand him. Nice. He's, he opens his eyes now, but the improvement is so so minor, so minor. And uh, I'm really anxious to find out where he's at now. Last time I spoke to him, he still was in, 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 he's in bad shape. 
you know. So yeah. I'm just hoping God will give us more time with him and, and, and uh, you know, everything will work out great, you know, and then Habib can resume what he needs to do. He is training every day over there like he always does anyways. Yeah. Just, you know, he's not going to be caught unprepared. And he also has his uh, cousin, Umar, who's fighting on uh, July 25th, and Tahir, another one of their champions from the, the – the guerrilla fighting championships, uh, he, you know, to hear that as the 125 champion, he, he switched over to the UFC, so he'll be fighting. So Habib will be there, I think, with Islam, Makhachov. Uh, they're going to be working the corner with somebody else of, of those two guys on, on July 25th. Uh, for me, I can't go because obviously I got Daniel Cormier yeah. here that I'm working with. So um, my main thing has always been Habib as it is anyways, but when Habib's around, those guys are on, I work with them, you know, too, but, yeah. uh, you know, Habib can't come to the U.S. as of yet, you know, so we're we're still in that situation where the, the flight restrictions, but I was told that uh, July 7th, I believe, that Abu Dhabi's going to open the doors for all flights to come in now, so mm -hmm. it's obviously, it's probably true, right, because then we got the UFC coming there, so... Yeah, so that's where we're at with that right now. Um, he wants to fight, and, and Justin Gagey is his opponent, which is a great opponent, and uh, he's getting ready for Justin, and it's just a matter of the UFC giving him a date. And I'm thinking, you know, it, it, it could be as early as September or as late as November, you know, if everything goes right. So we'll see what happens. But I don't, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be Abu Dhabi. I know, I know September 18th or, or 19th, the UFC is going to Abu Dhabi, and then I heard in November they're coming back to Abu Dhabi again, so I I believe if Habib is going to fight, it's going to be there. And uh, but we'll see. There's no fight offer as of yet. Yeah. So what what's your thoughts on as the coach? I mean, obviously you're biased, but I'm just curious. Like overall, like taking yourself kind of out of the because we don't want to get in the specifics of the training. We don't want to get into anything like that. But just taking yourself kind of out of that position. I, in my personal opinion, I feel Gaethje could be one of the, and, and I said this numerous times before the Ferguson fight, um, I felt like Gaethje could possibly be one of his most dangerous fights because he has to make sure and not get in that brawl and not get caught with those punches because Gaethje just throws them from everywhere. That's, that's a dangerous fighter who has that knockout power and throws and just doesn't care. He doesn't care about getting hit. He doesn't care about moving forward. Obviously, I know that Khabib was a better fighter overall and can dominate him in, in, in almost every area, but he's a fighter that can just, it's like a, like a snake, you know, one, one, one strike and it could be it. So I feel like it could be as tough as test. It, it, it can be, but it's not something he hasn't run into already. Right. You know, uh, the one thing is that, that when somebody's, everybody's always thinking, well, you know, Habib's got to worry uh, about not, you know, taking you know, Justin uh, down and it's going to be a lot harder than he thinks. But, you know, it's like there's a lot of ways Habib can, can can finish him. You don't have to take him to the ground. You can also hurt him on the stand-up. Habib does, can punch really well, and he's yeah. a better striker than people uh, give him credit. And the reason why he, you know, he's no more for the ground because that's his strength, and that's why I'm always on him. If you hear videos, you always hear me always talking about take to the ground, okay, now the yeah. Punch, 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 in, take in, blah, shoot, 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 you know, and especially on on, uh, on the last fight with, with uh, Dustin, you can hear me all over the place talking about set up, boom, boom, right, boom, shoot. The, yeah. the exact, everything I'm saying he's doing right to a T, right as my words are going, he's doing the move, you know, and um, so that, that in itself is why people are looking at Habib taking uh, Justin to the ground, and guess what? Because that's exactly what I'm going to say, take him to the ground. Why? Justin can't hang with, with, with Habib on the ground, but he can on the stand-up, and you're right. 
it could be one strike with him. So I, I'm not looking to do a stand-up with the guy. I'm looking the same plan as always, but he's going to be difficult to take down because you know he's and he's got the the champ, the Westman uh, right now training with him at 170. Yeah. So you know, and, and he's world-class wrestler. Yeah. And he's he obviously he's the best right now, the welterweight in the world. You know, so obviously he's got great training. You know, so so it ain't going to be that easy to take him down. But we never look at. Every opponent, Habib fights, is an easy takedown. Some of these guys have been very difficult. But the thing is, as you know with Habib, he's going to take you down once, okay? And if once he takes it down once, it's over. Because yeah. he's going to take you down yeah. again and again and again. So it's a matter of getting you down. Once the first time's there, it's going to it's gonna continue when he wants it to. And he'll just put more pressure on you. Um, Justin is dangerous with the boxing. He's dangerous with the kicking. Uh, and he's got great wrestling defense. And he's a good wrestler. So... But we'll see. It's going to be an exciting fight, and, and you're right. It could very well be the uh, the toughest challenge he's had. Could be. Like my thing we, is we, like we won't know. I don't I don't see Khabib getting one punch knockout or something like or, or sorry getting knocked out with one punch or anything. But the reason I say it could be a tough test is if he does happen to get caught and then he has to fight through that, then it could it could it could make uh, could be a little bit less effective as usual. Um, but you know I'm curious actually. The most thing I'm curious about is to see. Justin, when he when he runs into that Khabib wall, like when he, you know, you always see that impact in a fighter when they first meet up with Khabib and realize, holy shit, this is a different this is a different level fighter. And it's like it's, I'm curious to see how Justin's going to handle that when he feels how strong he is because he's ridiculously strong. Um, and then his wrestling is not conventional. So, like when I wrestle with him, I've said this in the past, but when he grabs you, he takes over your body and your your balance. Like it's like he you don't feel balanced anymore the second he grabs you, even from the clinch without even the takedown yet. Like it's like he can put you where he wants and, and he makes you feel uncomfortable and makes you feel like you, you, you don't have your footing. So it's like he has a lot of things that's going to, I think, really uh, really uh, sh- shock. Even, even though you, you know what to expect kind of from Khabib, I, I, no one really does. That's why you keep hearing it over and over again when, when guys fight him like, wow, you know, he really is good at that or he's really good at that. They, they knew – He's good at what he's good at before they fight him, but until you feel it, you know, and, and I'm curious how Justin's going to react to that when, when he gets in there and feels that that pressure, that mentality, that strength, and that balance and, and, and unorthodox type of wrestling versus the traditional. Yeah, you're 100% correct. It's uh, everybody thinks they can do this with him till they get in there with her, and then they have a speech to go, man, I did not expect that. And, yeah. and like Dustin Poirier said the same thing. Yep. He goes, man, I thought I was ready, but I man, I once he got a hold of me, it's like I didn't realize. You know, they all think that. Yeah. You know, and uh, at the beginning, but then when they go with him, then they go, "I wasn't ready for that." And you know why you're not ready for that? Because you never felt it before. Yeah. And like exactly. you said, you don't never felt it before, and that's going to be the test for us too. It's how well Justin uh, adjusts to that, and how how much of what I'm saying they believe or don't believe. Because if they don't believe what I'm saying, they go in there not believing it. Then they feel it, then that's even a bigger shock. But if they go in believing it, they come in there and they feel it, then it helps them a little better, you know. But if they don't believe it, that's going to be bad on them, you know. And for me, I'm expecting everything. So I believe everything about him, which makes my job easier. So we prepare for everything. Yeah, and maybe, you know, maybe it helps them because, like, 
like I said, until you feel it, you don't really understand. So, like, you, you know, you see Khabib go out there and he takes someone down. And as, a, as a someone who's looking at him, like if I'm going to fight him or something, I'm like, okay, he got a takedown. How can I defend that takedown? You know, whatever. But it's like what you don't realize from watching is – that takedown wasn't what you see like like when he connects with you and grabs you what you go how your body feels when he grabs you versus a conventional wrestler or somebody else it's a whole different feeling like he completely like it's almost like he takes your balance just completely away from you and and so it's it's like just watching a takedown isn't it does in other words it doesn't do it justice compared to getting taken down like i know what to expect when i've uh, grappled with him and it doesn't matter when he when he gets in on me and he clinches me and he locks his hands or he gets in position it's like you just feel like you just there's nothing you can do like you just feel completely vulnerable and like then he then he takes you down so it's crazy man yeah. it, he, he's just he, yeah. he's just a, yeah. a a level above everyone i think he he is and and I I think he's the he's the greatest uh, uh you know grappler MMA fighter uh, in my opinion of all time. Yeah. Uh, I don't see anybody that I can think of that's greater than him, you know, uh as a, as a grappler MMA fighter. I don't I really don't. I don't see anybody that's been as dominant as he has been uh, on the ground. I mean, you know, and that's like talking about people like Damon Maya who I think is incredible too, you know, and all these other incredible guys on the ground, but he just happens to be one of the best I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's going to show, I think, in this fight. Um, hopefully it happens, and, and hopefully his, his father heals up and, and gets better because I know he's a big part of his life, and, and he's such a good guy, yeah. you know? And, and yeah. it's, it's sad to see someone like that be sick, you know, like somebody that just does so much good, and, and he must be so proud of Khabib and, and how big. I mean, he's he's got to be the most famous Russian, you know, next to Putin pretty much. On the, on the planet, yeah, he's a he's a he's a national hero, you know. So know his that. dad must when be I, so proud. Told me, I said, "Oh my God, yeah, he's he's really big, really really big." And, and uh, you know, and I want his father. I you know, I really really hoping you know and praying that God will give him more time with us because I want him there, and, and I want it to be in Abu Dhabi because. Uh, Abu Dhabi, his father can go, not a problem, and and, and uh, uh, that's one of the biggest reasons why I wanted to be in Abu Dhabi, not for no other reason other than his father, you know, God helping us and keeping him with us, that he yeah. can be there in the corner with me, and uh, that <laughs> that's the greatest feeling for me, having his father and Habib and, and Abu yeah. Dhabi again, that would be the best. Yeah, no, I see it, I see it, and you talk about him all the time leading up to the fights and stuff. You know, because I, I, I haven't talked to Khabib, and, and obviously you know him better than, than I do, training with him every day and stuff. Is there – so, at, I mean, not looking past the fight. Uh, obviously, I'm asking you instead of him anyway. But, like, is there any any other fights that, that interest him in the division that he really, really wants, do you think? Or, like, like what do you think – because he's already the champ. He's already pretty much the best fighter in the world, I think, um, and he's just going to keep proving it. Uh, this is another tough test that he's going to have. Um, but if he passes this test and beats Gaethje – what, what is it that he's striving for, do you well, think? Does, is, there, is there an opponent or, or, or a goal that he's really going for? He, yeah, he wants to get, he wants to get that, that special fight, you know, and, and, and uh, that's why he tried to get GSP. Oh, uh, big fight, and, super fight. And uh, they were working on that. Or He wants that. He wants that legacy fight, you know. Gotcha. And, you know, Gagey's definitely a step in the right direction and, yeah. and definitely an opponent that, man, you better take him serious because he's legit, you know, and the guy, the guy, he's coming. And, and remember how many fights he's had in the UFC, how many bonuses has he had? Yeah. He had eight bonuses, yeah. six fights, eight bonuses. Yeah. <laughs> how impressive is that? It's crazy. Right? I mean, the guy, the guy's an amazing, amazing fighter. And, 
I mean, he he wears his heart on his sleeve, man. He comes, he's a warrior all the way through, man. And he'll, yeah. he'll come. And, and then the last fight, he proved he's a warrior that can actually take directions from a from a great corner, which he has and listened really well, and, and and he followed the instructions of his of his coach, and which enabled him to make that victory much easier than it could have been. It could have been a lot harder for him, but I believe he he, he got great instruction and he followed the instructions and it made his fight that much easier you know than than it could have been could have been a lot harder for him i think you're absolutely right and and that's that's the reason i asked was because like um a win over gaethje it's 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 not i i mean a win over gaethje is 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 like he cleaned out the division you know what i mean so it's like it seems like what's left for him if he wants to do something bigger would have to be that super fight with somebody that's like like a like a gsb type or something because like he's i mean he's cleaned the division out i mean the only person left was ferguson and then gaethje b ferguson so it's like who, who left yeah. really and, and, and then another fight with Ferguson Ferguson would have to win another fight which he can easily do and I would probably think that's what Ferguson is going to do he's I mean that guy man he's you know he no joke you know he just uh, you know he it wasn't his night that night and I just know one thing for damn sure that wasn't Tony Ferguson that showed up that night that's not the Tony I'm yeah. used to seeing that night that wasn't the Tony and I don't know what happened I just know this you cut weight like he did back to back the way he did it. If you did that, I'd be chewing your head off, and I'd be yeah. thinking, "No, you ain't doing that," you know. And uh, he did something that I would never allow any of you guys to do, you know. And you know that me or my crazy Bob, we'd be on you, and we'd be telling you, "No, f way, are you gonna do that? That's stupid. Why would you do that? I don't care if it's personal, this or that. You're not doing that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's too close. It's too close <laughs> into great fights like that. And this guy did it, which great. You got incredible courage incredible balls but was it the right strategic move to make your body be its ultimate best fight time for this next great challenge that he had and i don't think it was i think i think personally it hurt him and i could be wrong i could be wrong but that's just my opinion no you're absolutely right you're absolutely right and you know i feel like the the ferguson that we saw fight gaethje uh whatever the reason cracked kind of under that pressure of gaethje and that Gaethje or that Ferguson would have been like smashed out by by Khabib. You know what I mean? Like that that would have been a rough fight with someone like Khabib. Um, so unless he came back stronger, I, I'm not even really that interested in that fight anymore. But that would be the most interesting fight if if he could put a couple wins together after you know obviously if Khabib be, yeah, beats Gaethje yeah. and, and doesn't think, get a super fight. Yeah. Exactly, but I think he just needs one good win. He don't need a whole bunch of wins. He just He's one good one, and just show up good and healthy, and and, and perform right, like he like he has yeah. the twelve fights before that. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, people wanted to see that fight five times at home. Yeah. So well, that yeah. Know, I mean, I, I myself don't care for it because you know it's like I just feel it's jinxed, man. Yeah, there is something weird about that it. fight. The fifth fight, they <laughs> asked me, and I said, well, "Are you concerned?" I go, "Yeah, I'm concerned." You didn't hear my interviews. I say, "Yeah, I'm concerned." I go, "Why?" Because the obvious. They tried to go four times and it didn't happen. Look what happened. Tony, freak accident, jacks up his... And I was telling myself, what next? You know, I just... Yeah, I'm thinking that. And look what happens. Uh, the world crumbles, you know? Shoot. Yeah. So, yeah. Do I want a sixth fight? Absolutely not. For that reason. Not for... Not that he's not worthy and not that he's not a great challenge. He is worthy and he's a great challenge. It's just... I'm just afraid the damn thing won't go off. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. The great Mike Swick. He's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here 
AKA Thailand is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. I assume that, that uh, Abu Dhabi and, and Yaw's Island is going to be without an audience um, d at the rate things are going and everything. And you, you did the fight before with no audience, right? Like you went to... Uh, Where'd you go? You went to... Uh, no, I, I didn't go to any of those fights. Oh, you haven't had a no, no audience involved. fight? No. The only experience I have with no audience is the Ultimate Fighter, but I've been, we've had three seasons of those So where I've coached. So with Koscheck, DC, and Kane. So I've got, I got experience where just the fans are not, not there, just, the, you know, what do you think the, the Ultimate Fighter. What do, you, what do you think the dynamic is or changes with uh, the coaching when, when it's so quiet? Like, I mean, you can hear every single – I know sometimes you can hear your, your opponent's coaching. I, I've heard it in the past, but not as much as my own corner's coaching. I think just because you're listening for that voice. But, man, when there's no audience, you can hear, like, every breath, every punch. And the coaches, like, you can clearly hear. Do you think that changes a little bit of the dynamic, like, to, to yeah, coach your fighter? Because because the other corner could be listening to what you're saying and they strategize against you. Yeah. The, the fighter could be listening and strategize against you. I mean, man, there's so many things that can happen, you know. It's not going to be one of those scenarios like Mike Perry bringing his, his girlfriend in I was gonna ask you about to that, the corner. Yeah. And, and uh, he went out there. He did a genius move in, in some degree because – some fighters, and I'm one of those fighters myself, I never listened to my corner. I didn't care what they said. I just yeah. did what I wanted to do. I was in control what I needed to be in control of. So he doesn't need a corner, but he's very rare. Most people need a corner. He did it, and because he knows what he wants to do and he knows what he can do. So therefore, he had no one else in his mind other than himself. So he, he pulled off a brilliant fight, man. He he fought to his strengths, and he fought the way he wanted to fight. He in man and he was comfortable you know he's very comfortable so so you know for people that think that oh you can't you can't do that like that well yeah some fighters can but most fighters can't because i know i was one of those fighters that i did i did well with myself i never recall listening to my corner you know i would fight and sometimes i'd some somebody in the fans would say throw a right cross blah 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 and i would do that my corners would be saying the opposite mm -hmm. and i wouldn't do that at all so uh it, it does does help some people. Yeah, I just had him on the podcast right before the fight. It was uh, I got him, had him on Monday, uh, the Monday before his fight. So he, that's when he was talking about all that and kind of explaining it. And I was curious how it would turn out. And, you know, a lot of people bashed him because he didn't have the coaches in his corner and vice versa. But I agree with you in in regards to it, it's not a it's not a yes or no answer. Every fighter is different. And, like, for me, like, I listen to everything you guys say. But there's a lot of things I just tune out. Because like the situation I'm in in there, maybe, maybe, you know, you obviously have the ability to see things I don't see. So I want to know those things. Yeah. If he's landing something that I don't see, like the Hardy fight, he kept landing that hook or on the yeah. ground or something like that. No, I want to have that extra eye. 
but but then sometimes you're you're tired or the guy's stronger than you and, and, and that was part of the game plan or he has better wrestling or something like that yeah. and you can't do what the corner says so i just i'm good uh -huh. at tuning out and, and listening and tuning out and listening but i think some fighters that might get over overran by corners like him he might perform better just to just let him go do his thing and 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 just you know have fun and not have to stress over listening to your corner and judging if they're right if they're wrong what, what to do yeah. and like he said he was getting annoyed because a lot of the times the corner would say things after he already did it so he's like elbowing the guy and then the corner saying elbow the guy and he's just like dude <laughs> so he knows what he, the guy the man knows what he's doing he's in control of himself and i think that uh, he'll experiment more and uh, hey whatever he wants to do let him do it you know uh if he's successful, it's on him. If he's not successful, it's on him. You know, yeah. but either way, you know, he's proven he, he can do it correctly. Like, you remember the case with you? I don't know who it was you fought. You fought, I believe that Brazilian guy that was a police officer. Tiago. Paulo Tiago. Yeah, Tiago. Yeah, you dropped him and you went after him. And I'm screaming, no! You know, I'm like, don't go after him. And boy, you ran into that. Boom, you know, but, but it was like, it was one of those things where you're a fighter that you need to listen. And when yeah. you listen, you did unbelievable. Yeah. Un-freaking believable. I mean, look at all the exciting fights you had. I mean, you knock people out quick, you know. And I mean, you change your kid line to my quick squick, right? Because <laughs> you're knocking people out quick as hell, you know. So, but there's other people that no matter what I would say, they're not going to listen. Yeah. You know, and they're going to they're gonna do great. They're going to do, I can say, no, and all of a sudden they do better because I said no, and they did it, and they'll do better. You're the case where we, Bob and I say something, don't do it. <laughs> you do better when we tell you. You understand? That's the majority of the, of the fighters out there. You know, Daniel's the same way. When Jan Daniel doesn't listen to us, things don't go his way. Uh, uh, Cain Velasquez, it's the same thing with him. He did listen to us all the time, but sometimes things just didn't go his way regardless of doing the right thing, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, I think Thompson, I just saw a, pe a piece of his podcast and I think he had a good point and, and some advice towards that um, in regards to if you don't need your entire corner, like if you don't need so many, it isn't a bad idea with the fighters right now worrying about you know, obviously everybody wants to make more money and, and, and have more success and, and stuff. Uh, it's not a bad idea to bring a sponsor that just doesn't say anything. Because you know how many people that have a lot of money that would that would kill and pay a lot of money to come and, and be in a corner of a fighter? Like if you have two main corners that, that you use and that you trust and that you need and you don't really need that third corner, yeah. it wasn't a bad idea from him to like say grab a sponsor, no, grab somebody to come out there with you. A bad, it's not a bad idea, but this is the problems, okay? If I they don't talk. These all the time. Then you got the coaches that are training you on a daily basis and they're trying to get their name out there and they want the limelight. They want to feel the, the 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 nerves and this and that and you're telling them that they're not worthy they're worthy enough to train you but they're not worthy enough to be in your corner yeah. as you know something like that happened with you yeah you know, so, yeah i've so had a friend in my corner one time what, then you got those issues and, and you don't need those issues because you you want to be your mind wants to be strong you know so so if you're going to do something like that like if mike perry is going to do something like that then i highly suggest that you self-train himself and pay people for their time and let them know, hey, I'm going to have my girl work the corner. I'm just going to use you for this. Are you cool? You cool? Make a deal. And then you got no problems. But but you can't put a guy in a situation where they think they're going to work your corner. All of a sudden, they're working you. And all of a sudden, oh, oh you're not working my corner. So-and-so's working my corner. You're like, they're going to go like, okay. Yeah, of course. Well, see, if I want to work you again, they don't yeah. want to work you no more.
Yeah. No, they don't because they want that. See, a lot of coaches they want to be in that situation where if they're training you, they want to they want to see their craft that they did. They want to be there present to observe it. Um, you know, if some coaches they'll stay back because they've done it so much and they, and they're they want other people get opportunities. But but some most of the coaches they want to be there. They yeah. want to be there when they're training somebody. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think what Perry did was kind of genius in the fact that I felt like he felt he had this fight and didn't want distractions and didn't really have coaches anyway, and it got him a lot of extra press by putting his girl in there. So it, it built his like his star power yeah, a little it, bit it, to go it, out there it, and it, then it, have it, a great it did performance. Deal for him, it, it, more interest. Yeah, and and to go out there more and interest. dominate on the ground against a black belt was yeah. pretty damn solid. I never would have expected that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a solid performance, bro. I, I was impressed with him and. He's a fun fight, you know, and, and uh, I just don't know about Darren Till and him, though. I don't know what's going on between those guys, but but you know what's I, I crazy? Know he says if you've seen him, he'll go take it on take it on the street with that guy. So yeah, he's got to uh, not do that. I don't know. You I don't know what's know crazy? Just yet. I did the podcast with them, and you know, you know how my podcast. I'm not trying to get controversy. I'm definitely not trying to get in in people's heads and stuff. This is like fun for me, and I enjoy doing them. And you know, it's not my job. I, you know, I'm, I have a business and everything, but I enjoy doing these. But I had a podcast with them, and, and my podcast is always trying to to get information that people want, like inspirational stuff, um, information that people want about f fighters, like who they are, where they came from, like like who they really are, not just about how hard they're training and what they're doing to prepare for a fight. That's for everybody else. So I dug kind of deep in with Perry uh, when we had the podcast, and I had to mention Darren Till only because Darren and Michael Bisping was still talking trash about him and, and trying to get under his skin. And I didn't know Mike Perry. So like, I thought maybe he would just, you know, cause he's, he said so many outlandish things and crazy stuff. I figured he would just say something funny, like screw that guy, blah, blah, blah. And just, we'd move on. But when I mentioned Darren Till, he got like super sensitive and angry. And he had that big soundbite on my podcast that went viral that everybody used and put on their, their website and, mm. and it went crazy. So I got it from your bio. Okay. Got yeah. It. And the thing is, was like, so I, I, I even understood at the moment, I was like, Oh shit, you know, I don't want to like get this guy shook up a week before his fight about talking about another fight. I just thought it was going to be a quick soundbite. And I, and we were joking afterwards and I apologize. I was like, man, I'm sorry again about that Darren Till comment. I had no idea that, you know, it was that sensitive for you, you know, and, and, and then he was cool and we got along fine and the podcast ended great. He promoted it and it went out and we covered everything. We covered the fact that Latore is going to be in his corner. We covered the fact that he wasn't uh, using many of coaches and he was training at multiple gyms. We, we, we covered the Darren Till thing, which went viral, I, of which I never promoted. So even on the highlight video I made with, with Mike Perry, all the, the clips I made and put on Instagram, I never used that clip because I knew that bothered him, you know, and obviously that's going to help build up his next fight if he fights Till. But the crazy thing was Ariel, and I love Ariel, don't get me wrong, but Ariel then does the podcast with Mike Perry like four days later, five days later, and he asked him like the same questions that I did. And he had to have seen, I mean, he wouldn't be a good reporter if he didn't see that clip of Mike Perry going off on Darren Till because it was everywhere. It was on every single site. I mean, it, he was like, he went crazy when I mentioned Darren Till. And not only did he confirm about the corner and all the other stuff that I already did four days prior, and he's like, it's official. He's going to have no corner except his girlfriend and all that stuff. And I'm like, well, it was official four days ago when I did the podcast. But anyway, the point was, it was just funny. But then he went in there and asked him the same thing. And like that I thought was a little weak because like here it is like the day before the weigh-ins. And, and he already knew that he got really pissed off about it and he was bothered by it and, and, it, and it had that huge reaction. 
but he had to ask him. And then he didn't even ask him right. He, he said something like, I, I know y'all were friends, and, and now he's talking a bunch of trash and all this, and, and all this stuff is getting hyped up now. What do you think about it? And, and of course, Mike Perry was like, we were never friends. I don't know what you're talking about. And then Mike Perry just hung up on him, like, like sh- shut the interview off. And then Arrow put like a, I think a picture of him smoking a joint behind him or something. It was it was weird, man. But it was just like I thought that was bad taste because I, I felt bad a week before the fight bringing it up, and I didn't even know it was going to make him mad. But the fact that he brought it up, knowing it was going to make him mad, like the day before his weigh-in, when that wasn't even the guy he was fighting, I, I don't know. I thought that was a little weak. But yeah, I just had to say that piece. <laughs> well, let me tell you about about Ariel. He he's a master at bringing up the. the fire dirt what i call fire dirt things that get you all riled up and pissed off and either love him or hate him but he was going to get that fire dirt yeah, he and, did you know I, I did an interview the first time i experienced with him i did an interview with him with about herschel walker and it was in florida and we were talking about the fights and how he's all talking about herschel 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 yeah then he hit me with he hit me with that that arm burner of a question that I didn't know where it was coming from. He goes, Hey, so by the way, what do you think about teammates fighting each other? You know? And I'm yeah, like, uh, I remember this. It was I, headlines. I said, well, I said, if, if one's a champion, the other one's a number one mandatory contender, I guess the fans would want to see it. I guess, yeah, I guess they could fight. And, and he goes, really? He goes, yeah. So man, little did I know. And next thing you know, I got ripped big time. On a phone conversation by, by one of the so-called fighters involved in that, yeah. so pissed off at me, and I'm like, I didn't take it back. I said, no, I don't take back what I said. I said, I said it and I meant it. If one of you guys is a champion, and I said none of you guys are a champion at the present time, so hey, not, nothing to worry about. And I said, number one, you have to be a number one contender. I goes, if you two guys fought right now, willingly fought, I'd kick you both out of the gym, or, or if you both agreed. Or if the one that didn't agree and the other one did agree, I'd kick him out because yeah. that's not that's not going to happen. We'll, we'll, yeah, of we'll course. destroy the gym, you know. And, and and it went like that. But Ariel caught me on that one, and he caught me again, and then he catches me again with stuff. And finally, I realized, I go, that son of a bitch. I go, and I said, I mean, he Ariel, does his I job, and unfortunately, go, hey, his Ariel. job is like it's like a. I go, I'm on. Yeah, I called Ariel. I said, Ariel, I'm on to you. He goes, what? What are you talking about? Ah, <laughs> it's all good, buddy. I'm on to you. I got you. And you know what, Swick? He hasn't got me once since. Yeah. I'm on to his ass. I'm I'm ready for any well, he needs you. want to interview. I'm ready for his ass. He needs you. He's going to push ready as far as he can, but he's not going to push too far because he needs you. He doesn't want to burn that bridge. He he knows he's going to want to talk to you again before. No, 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 no. He'll he'll trust me. He'll 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 do it because he's a great reporter. But I'm on to his ass. He ain't catching me. Yeah. He got me in hot water a lot of times. He ain't getting me no more. Not getting me. <laughs> I mean, I love the guy. But I gotta watch it when I do interviews with him because it's coming, man. And and he's tried stuff like not interviews, but he's tried talking off the record on things. And and I knew he's trying to get me at me from left field, and I'm like acting like I I don't know. And I yeah. I play his game. He hasn't got me since yeah. not once. And it's been a few years. And he ain't getting me. <laughs> you hear that? Yeah, and I mean he's Listen, a good guy, and, and not the, getting me. And the thing is, but he does do he does definitely do that. And I thought that was in bad taste before the fight. Um, but that being said, I mean, he didn't, the, the point of reason I didn't, I didn't like the fact that he did that was because I already kind of had that soundbite done. I'm not trying to take credit for it, but at least it was out there. So it's like, it's already done. So like, you're not going to get anything better than what was already out there. So just don't mess with him before his fight. 
but in the end, it's going to help, you know, at least my sound by what it was, yeah, because it, it it's going to build this fight situation. with Darren Till. Yeah. So fighters so, have to get yeah. used to dealing with that kind of stuff because it is a pain in the ass if you're, if you're focused and you're trying to do something and someone hits you, you know, like he does. But in the end, it does build your, 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 you know, your it power to people and, and make you interesting and, and, and create interest in fights. So there's always that too, you know? You want that to happen to you all the time, to be honest with you. You want everybody stealing your stuff. You really, really do. You do. Trust me, you do. You want, hey, Ariel's stealing that. Good. Hopefully somebody else takes this. Good. Okay. Somebody else takes that. Good. You want that because that means people are paying attention to what you're saying. And, 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 and everything you do is great. You you never badmouth anybody. You have a clean-cut image of this. Ariel, Ariel's not clean-cut by any means. He's sneaky. He comes around and he goes at the, the nitty-gritty of the big fire, you know. What's going to create the fire? What's going to create the buzz? He goes right He goes right to the juggler on that. He's really – he's the best at it. He's yeah. the best at it. But he's not the best at it just by, by being natural at it. He's definitely natural, but he works for it. He yeah. gets those infos and he gets his calls and, and he sets you up, man. He He's a master at that. That's why he's always winning the Journalist of the Year award every time. I don't ever see that guy getting beat compared to everybody else I've been involved with. He's still the best. Yeah. He's still the best. And, and you know, I love the guy. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's fantastic, you know. And I would interview with him anytime I could. Sometimes I can't for reasons whatever. I can't. You just got to be careful. But, That's but all. I would interview with him. I would interview <laughs> with him every time if I could. And, and and I just know one thing. Stay on your toes. Stay yeah. on your toes. You got to learn to bob and weave and duck. Got to duck. And, you, and sometimes you got to duck when you don't see the punch coming. Yeah. Because that's what you need to do with Arrow. You got to duck. Yeah, he's clever, man. He's clever, but that, but that's his job. You know, it's like a district attorney or something like you know they get they do their job and and he's good at it and that's why he's the best. But and and he yeah, does a lot of good yeah. too. Obviously, he, he's helped promote me and promote my career. And but uh, yeah, he's definitely uh, fighters have to be aware when they talk to the media. And I, and you, it's funny you mentioned it because like you were at the back end of a, a bunch of different headlines throughout my career, not on me, but just with the time I was with you in the UFC with miscellaneous fighters from the team because you would say one little thing in an interview. And I remember Koscheck one time, it was, it was a big deal with Koscheck. And it was just like you'd say one little thing and then I think you said Koscheck doesn't listen to his coaches or something. And then that was like the whole headline when you were just basically saying like he doesn't always listen to what we say or something. It was something minute. But it's like you have to be careful when you do these interviews as no, fighters yeah, because, like, they, yeah, they will use anything they can. Me, oh, and, he, you know, he had a right to be pissed at me. Uh, uh, not the, the champion the champion thing. He didn't have a right to be pissed about that because I still hold my ground on that. But he had a right about some other things. He was 100% correct. And he talked to me and he said, hey, you don't protect me. You don't protect us. And I'm like, but I tell the truth. And I went, shit, he's right. He's so right. It's like so... I need to protect him. That's my job. And, and he helped me become a better coach by by arguing with me and getting pissed at me and hating me for certain <laughs> things that I did. And he wasn't wrong, man. He wasn't wrong. I thought about things. I went, you know what? He's right. I'm, yeah. I'm the coach. I should take the dagger. You know, I should always take the dagger no matter what. It's my team. So take the dagger. Even if it's not your fault, it doesn't matter. You're the head guy. So anything that happens, knowing or unknowing, you got to take the dagger, and you, and you got to protect the, the image of your guys, and, and and I have done that, you know. And I do regret what I did to him, and and uh, if I had to do it all over again, I wouldn't do what I did with him. I would have acted more as a head coach, and at that particular time, uh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't act as a head coach would have, and 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 for that I feel bad, but 
but it is what it is. You know, you got to move forward. You can't look at the spilled milk. You got to make sure you don't spill any more on the way up. You know? Yeah, I mean, that, that's that's what I've done really well. I haven't spilled very much, or I'm very careful what I spill. Yeah, let's put it that way. Yeah, now your experience for sure. I want to talk about DC real fast, but um, in my obviously I want to talk about his training and where his mindset is and and how he's juggling that with all these other duties, being that he's a commentator, analyst, and 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 doing all this podcast and doing so many other things. But am I wrong in thinking? Okay, so the fight with Stipe, I feel like that's that's such an I wouldn't say an easy fight, but I would say a winnable fight if he fought to win the the proper way like as far as like if he went out there and just did it what it took to win that fight using his style i feel like it would be just a win-win and, and okay i'll say it an easy uh, an easier win than what people would think but it seems like he he he's such a fighter he goes out there and he wants to mix it up and do a lot of different things which makes him susceptible which makes it where maybe Stipe now has a has a better chance, or at least a, a chance to hang and, and make it competitive, or you know, as we saw, possibly beat him. Um, how are you keeping him uh, without giving away the the training? How how are you going to keep him for this fight? Because it might be his last or whatever. We don't know, but to where he's going to go out there and, and do what he needs to do. Because I just feel a hundred percent he can beat Stipe if he sticks to the game plan of where he's the best and doesn't try to, to, to do anything to, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he yeah, has the, the tools to beat Stipe and, yeah. nine out of ten times, yeah. is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, the thing about it with him is uh, he fought the first round perfect the way we planned. And uh, he comes back in the corner. I said, that's perfect. I want another one like that. Well, he didn't give me that. <laughs> he gives me a stand-up fight. With That's a, the thing, yeah. More, uh, yeah, yeah. More, 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 more boxing than kickboxing. A little bit of kicking, but mostly boxing. And then I go, "What? What are we talking about? I need you to go back to the round one, please. Go back to the wrestling." And then the third round, what does he do? He gives me nothing but boxing, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" And then Stepe, to his credit, landed a beautiful body shot. Yeah. And felt the home run from there, and kept landing and landing. And that's what you know what. That's what champions do, and that's what he did. He yeah. adjusted, yeah. and he hit that beautiful shot, and he kept hitting it. And now they're one for one, both incredible fights, and now they're going to go a third time. So what I do with DC is, is I have the coaches that say, hey, this is our plan. We need to talk about this. We need to discuss this, and we see him doing this. we got to talk to him. Yeah. we got to tell him this is not what we want. This is what we're discussing. So the fights always change every single time. If you think it's the same fight every time and you prepare for the same fight, that, that's, that's – yeah not correct yep. they change they're not necessarily a complete change but you got to add or, or take things away because if you don't you're not properly prepared so for dc we're preparing them mentally and physically and myself uh, leandro Vieira, crazy bob cook uh you know all the, and the rudy rudy uh, mendoza and rosindo sanchez we're all we're all chipping in on that and getting them dialed in you know so so he he's on track he knows what he wants and he knows he screwed up and uh, another thing, too, in all fairness, he just had back surgery, and he wasn't quite right the way he needed to be. And the kind of back surgery he had takes a little bit of time for the back and mobility to be there. So we last time we played catch-up, we had played catch-up on, on his back. But, you know, in all fairness, too, as you know, as fighters, there's always something going wrong, right? Yeah. Something's always not quite right. Sometimes you get a perfect camp. Most of the time you don't. Something yeah. happens. But then you've got a perfect performance, you know, yeah. so – so you got to take that with a grain of salt. But, but in, in uh, DC's case, this one he'll have 
uh, uh, a great back. His back could be fantastic. He's already showing that in his sparring and his grappling. Um, but, you know, we're expecting a war because, you know, if you don't expect a war with a yeah, great fighter sure. like Stipe, you're stupid. Yeah, That guy's a champion for a reason, you know, and he's got a few losses and he knows how to adjust. Look what he did with Engano. He adjusted. He saw the power of that yeah. guy and he adjusted really well. So, Stipe's a great fighter and Absolutely. he's a great champion for a reason. So, if we don't adjust to what he has, then we're in trouble. So, we work with DC, especially me. I'm the number one guy for working the mental thing and what you should go and how you should do it. Mm -hmm. I do it all the time. I've been doing it forever. And, you know, I always hit certain points, you know. And with DC, I hit a lot of certain points with him. Like with Dan Henderson, I would say to him, I go, hey, you want to make it a tough fight? You want to make it an easy fight? You want to make it a tough fight with him? I go, stand with him. And uh, and I go, then you're going to make it a tough fight. I go, you want to make it an easy fight? Wrestle him. I go, he can't handle your wrestling. So, you know, and, and uh, I, I tell DC again, over and over. Then right come fight time, I said, what are you going to do? He goes, you're going to stand or you're going to take him down? He goes, because I'm going to wrestle the fuck out of him, Bob. <laughs> so yeah. what does he do to Hendo? He goes out and wrestles the hell out of him. Yeah. Because that was the best way to beat Hendo. Standing with him, that H-bomb could have landed. It could have been bye-bye, yeah. <laughs> DC. So you understand? So that's how you mentally work on a fighter. You work with him way before. And then you up to that fight, you got to work with him. You know, that's why... I do like uh, uh, Gagey's coach because he said to him, remember he was going and, and he told him, you know, he knew Gagey was going to try to go for the kill. And he said, remember what happened last time, two times before that? Yeah. Stay relaxed, stay yeah. calm. That was beautiful. That's a great coach. Good coaching. You know, yeah. you got to listen to people like that. That's where guys like me, a coach like that, I, I could never use because I wouldn't listen to him. Yeah. But, but guys like you, you need a coach like that that can tell you because me, I was going to do what I was going to do. That's just the way it is. But not many people like me. So I think Mike Perry is that way. Like I said, he's just going to do what he's going to do. Let him do it. You know, if he's comfortable, let him do it. He's going to give you a great fight. Yeah, no, yeah, you're totally right. And and maybe I'm biased, but I just, I honestly feel that the, the only reason DC's lost the fights that he's lost is because he was, he's a fighter. He, he's a fighter and wants to go out there and fight. And I, I will, I will stick to that till I will bet anything on that. Like, like, like if there's a way to prove that a hundred percent, like I feel every single loss. Now I know you can lose from a punch or whatever the case. And yeah, of course he, he, he threw it and landed it, the body shot, whatever. But it's like, I feel like every loss he's had overall was because he went out there and he's just a fighter at heart and wants to fight versus playing it safe. If he wanted to play it safe and just go out there and get the win, I don't think anybody would have beat him. That that's what I'm trying to say. He he doesn't he doesn't play safe. But he I mean, but he doesn't want know, to be a boring he, yeah. safe fighter. You know, like the 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 second fight with Jones. I mean, he was doing great. You know, and we were happy. We we're like, yes, fight and finally. Then he started getting cocky. Yeah. Crazy Bob and I were losing it. We're going, no, <laughs> don't go back, go back to what you were but doing. No, fighter no. ego. All of a sudden that unbelievable great kick man yeah. that was an unbelievable kick he threw and it was like boom and i'm like my heart broke my heart broke because yeah. we did we were doing so perfect we had the perfect game plan till dc got cocky and he just thought he thought he had it in the bag but yeah. bob and i knew no way no way a great fighter like jones you, you don't have in the bag dude you you stick your hands up to the very end if you remember the first fight with jones and him the reason why i know you never give up on jones is Remember when Jones at the very end of the fifth round raised his hands like this, like the fight was over? DC dropped his hands, Jones popped them. Yeah. That's the kind of fighter he'll do. He'll do whatever it takes to win. Yeah. And even just even though it was 
the fight was over in his in his favor, he still did that. He still yeah. did that. And DC picked him up in the in, in the fifth round and was going to throw him. He grabbed the cage. Yeah. He grabbed the cage so he couldn't get thrown. He didn't want to lose that last round. Yeah. He didn't want to lose that last round. So the guys like that, if you're not on your toes all the time, you're going to get it. So he's a, there's a reason why he's so great. He didn't quit, and he's going to do whatever it takes to win. And, and DC tries to get you at your own game, and that's yeah. what he's undoing that's exa- sometimes. That's exactly. You know, perfectly his strength, and that's what you're talking about. That's, yeah. that's why you're not wrong. You're 100% correct. And all you got to do is watch DC's fights, and I'll tell you how you, you, you understand a, a Gustafsson fight. He comes in there. He does what, exactly what we want him to do. And then Gustafsson, at the end of the first round, hits him with a beautiful knee. Yeah. At the end of the first round, hits him with a beautiful knee, and then DC comes back to the corner. Bob and I are telling him, "Okay, now we want you to stand the same thing, this and that." But hell no, that was it. He hit him. He he hit him with that knee. DC wasn't gonna have any of that, so he halfway tried to take his ass down, and he just slugged it out with him, and we were like screaming our heads off, like, <laughs> yeah. you know. But DC was gonna have it his way. He hit him with the knee. He wanted to pay him back. He wanted to pay him back, yeah. and it wasn't a matter about winning. Now it's about getting him back, but not with wrestling. Getting him back with punching and striking, because that's what he got hit with, and that's DC, uh, the competitor in him, and 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 that's not the smart way. The smart way is for him would have been to listen to Crazy Bob and myself. Uh, on, on the ones he didn't get going his way, but he didn't, and he knows it. He knows it, you know. Um, so here we are, you know. He's still an uh, opportunity, and no matter what happens with this fight, I think you can all agree he's one of the greatest to ever have done it. Absolutely. And the thing is, like we, we talked about, the downside when you go out there and you fight like a fighter, um, you can get caught and beat or whatever. But the upside is you can go out there as a wrestler, an Olympic wrestler, and knock out. A striker that's a heavyweight champion of the world and and get a knockout and, and just blow everybody's minds so that's kind of like that 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 good and bad that you have to like contemplate as a fighter and that's why i think that's why dc he's going for the glory he's going for those big wins he's going for that you know he's going to prove that he he can shock the world every time and and so unfortunately you know it, it makes the fights more competitive i think than they they could be because he's such a talented fighter well, at his style you know like just beyond crazy correct well habib it does the same thing to me and he wants to fight me all the time he wants to fight me all the time he, he listens he to you though forward. he listens to you most of the time he, he listens to me not all the time he but most of the time. time he 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 listens most of the he listened i'll tell you what he listened to he listened with the justin uh, i mean the dustin poirier fight yeah come 100 yeah 100 but you know what who was there? This is the first time I cornered with his father. Yeah. Who was there? Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's why I went, ah. But before that, though, with Connor in the third round, he decided he wanted to stand. No, he didn't care about what I said. He just wanted to stand with Connor. Yeah. And guess what he did? <laughs> he stood with Connor. And he almost beat Connor. It was so damn close. The third round, just striking only. He yeah. didn't want to take him down. He wanted to stand with him. When he won the title against Aliquinta, I told him before the fight, I never saw any any video of Aliquinta because we didn't know who we were going to fight. Right. Know, we, at that point, we didn't know who it was going to be. So I didn't want to watch any video of anybody until I had knew who we were going to watch. So we got out, and then I watched out, and I went, oh, crap. I go, Habib, I go, listen, you're going to hit this guy very easily. You're going to be able to outstrike this guy, but he can take a good shot, and he can corner you into sucking you. So I don't want you getting caught with anything hard from him. So 
please don't get stuck hitting this guy because you can hit him because he can take it and he can give it back and he hits hard. I go, so I don't want you to, to, to get stuck doing that. Well, what does Habib do? Watch the fight. Yeah. He gets Muhammad Ali happy. And then I said, I go, well, what the hell was that all about? He goes, well, coach, I was watching Muhammad Ali tapes. So I was getting, that's why I was jabbing him a lot because I, I was watching Muhammad Ali tapes before. I go, was it bad? I go, well, no, it wasn't bad. I go, but, you know, I knew I told you he would be easy to hit, but he sometimes does it on purpose because he's setting you up. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what happened. But Habib was standing. He didn't listen to me. And then I told him in the fifth round, I said to him, I go, okay. So it's obviously you're not going to listen to father's plan. I mm-hmm. go, so do me a favor. Do what you want and do what I want in the fifth round. And then watch the fight. Fifth round, he comes out there and he starts doing his thing, standing. Then all of a sudden, he takes him down, what I want. Yeah. And then that's when I'm more comfortable when he takes people down, bro. I, I, well, of course. I'm yeah. not going to sit here and go, <laughs> I, I'm not comfortable with his stand-up. His stand-up is really, really good. People don't realize how good and his stand And that's the thing. Is. You, you... Not to interrupt you, but you you say that, and 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 I think some people hear that and they're like, "Oh, his stand up is bad." Because in the beginning he had uh, more stiff stand up, and that's what people saw because he used it a little bit in the beginning of his UFC career. And they hear you sometimes in interviews or maybe right now saying you don't want him to do stand up, but in reality, like you don't want him to do stand up because his grappling is so ridiculously dominant. But his stand up is good. It's good. Like I, I watch him, and, and you obviously know it's not like you're saying it because he has bad stand up. You're He's correct, and I'm, I'm saying it right here, right now. If Habib wanted to become a champion, just stand up and re- a little bit he of take do it. Downs, guess what? In my heart, in my and what I know, what I have in him, he'll be a champion doing it. But it's going to take a lot of uh, abuse. Yeah. And and I'm like, my thing is, why take the abuse when you don't have to? I say, when we can deal with uh, uh, people on the ground the way he does, why the hell do I want yeah. him getting hit? You know, it's like it's stupid. Like I'll give you one guy. First time ever he got rocked a teeny bit, Michael Johnson. Yeah. Michael Johnson hit him with a left cross, yeah. beautiful, straight down the pipe. Habib's knee buckled a little bit. Habib says, I wasn't her coach. I go, yeah, you yeah. were. He hit you, and you might not have felt it, but your knee buckled. He goes, no, coach. I go, yeah. I go, that's why I don't want that. So then right after Michael buckled him, then he went into the plan and took him down. That's why I'm saying Habib don't listen to me. He does not. I don't want people to think everything I say he does bullshit. Sometimes, he, though, he and does, more than he others. He does a lot what he wants. He does a lot what he wants. But when he listens to me, he does great. Yeah. You know, when he does his own thing, he does good, too. Don't get me wrong. He does real good. But then sometimes, he guess, when he gets nailed a little bit. And, 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 and uh, uh, he lost his one round with Connor. But that was a close round, though. It was a yeah, very close it round. Was. It, was, it was debatable whether he actually really lost that round i thought he did but you know what if someone said no no habib won that round i go well yeah maybe it was i mean but that's how these guys are they they, they're they're gonna do what they want to do and there's nothing you can do yeah and and losing one who am i to talk i I never i never listened to anybody yeah and losing one round in almost 30 fights is not the, the worst thing in the world um no so so real fast what uh who in your opinion is is your next world champion who, who do you have that you see is, has the best potential as of right now as being the next uh, world champion fighter? The guys in the gym? Yep. It's hard to choose. There's, there's a few few good ones, you know. Um, there's uh, so this is the closest, closest right now. The, like the, the, closest. Closest, the closest to a world title, I think, is Ed Ruth. Yeah? Ed Ruth. He's got some things to clean up. 
he got some things to clean up, but I think he's the closest to a world title. I, I can see him becoming a world champion. Yeah. I think he got pushed a little bit sooner than, than he should have, but regardless, he's a talent, and he's improving all the time, and uh, uh, I've been taking a lot of interest in him and, and, uh, and helping him out. And uh, Ed's his own guy, so he does his own training. I don't really work with him on the mitts, but I work with him guiding him and along with other coaches. Ron Kessler, his jiu-jitsu coach, we all help him, and he's improving quite a bit. I would say... I would say Ed, Ed, Ed Ruth is, is is really close to a world title. Uh, he could be one fight away for Bellator champ. One fight away after the next fight, he could fight for the title. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not good. He's not good. Yeah. Uh, but then he again, is. he still needs some work. Yeah, and 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 just because you're the best sports combat trainer in the world, um, for young fighters watching the podcast, what we've seen, you know, 15 years together or however long it's been, I don't even know right now. Coming through AK, we've seen the fighters that came in that didn't make it and quit. We've seen the fighters that came in that just never made it to the next level. And they were just basically the guys that helped the main guys. And they just kind of like plateaued the whole time. Then we've seen the guys that, that made it to, to, to become champions and stars. What would you say is, is, is your biggest advice to young fighters coming in so that they can maximize uh, a finding out if they have what it takes to be a world champion and B getting there and, and, and the fastest way possible. Well, A, uh, never give up on yourself if you believe in yourself because uh, you can make it. You just have to believe in yourself. You have to be to, I hate to say it, but to a, a big degree, you have to be very cocky. You don't have to, ex, ex, you know, like show it outside and keep it inside, but you have to be very cocky mm-hmm. in, in order to be successful. If you're not cocky in the inside, I, I, don't, I don't know how far you're going to go. you got to believe in yourself. And, yeah. and, and uh, that's one of the things. Now, cocky outside, uh, that's not too favorable, but that's still good because, you know, it's still cocky. Uh, but, but you can't give up on, on your dreams and, and what you want. And a perfect example I'll use is John Fitch. John Fitch, when he first came, uh, he didn't have the greatest talent. He, he, he learned to never take no as no. Yeah. You know, he, he got a no. He goes, ah, whatever. Okay, fine, whatever. I'll, I'll kept get grinding. There. You know, remember, he was going to the ultimate fighter with all you guys. Yep. Was, uh, three of you guys already, Bobby Southworth, Josh Koshek, and you, yep. and him. Yep. He, he was in the airport. Yeah, I was with him. He got told, go home. Yeah. His luggage made it to Vegas, but he didn't. Yeah. He didn't give up on himself. He comes back, and he has one-legged guy, uh, one arm, uh, I mean, a one-legged guy to train with. Yeah. Never made it. Guess what he does? He trains with him. He racks up the wins. He gets in the UFC. He destroys the vast majority of the people he's fed. He's he is one of the pioneers of, yeah. of the grind. Where he just just shows a guy that never gives up. And, and John Fitch is an inspiration for anybody that says, "Well, how, it's a hard road, and uh, you know, I don't got the easy road like some guys." Well, John Fitch didn't have it easy. He didn't have me with him. He didn't have a lot of the people that he, that, that, that that needed to give him the push. Yeah. He basically did it on his own, his own will, his own desire, and his own never quit attitude and and uh and that, that man i'm very proud and i always say to people like, he's actually one of my proudest achievements it's not because that i helped him along the way i rarely helped the man it's because he made it without my help that i was so proud of him and he took he, he's one of the guys i said he didn't take he didn't take a word as as okay hob says no or bob says no so i'm done no he said screw you guys i'm still yeah. gonna get there i'm gonna make it you know, and, and he did. So for the young guys out there, uh, very important to, to pick a, a sound team. And you need to make sure if you want to be an MMA fighter, you better go to a place that has MMA fighters. Yeah. Okay. And 
how successful is how successful they are. So if you want to be successful, then you better really go to a gym that has successful fighters because iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. Even if you have shitty coaches, iron sharpens iron. So they're doing something good. So if you go to a winning camp, guess what? You got the advantage of the winning attitude, the winning players to get to train with, the winning techniques. So so it's all positive for you. When you don't go to a winning camp and you go to a camp that doesn't really have any fighters, man, you're, you're really, that's a hell of a struggle, yeah. hell of a struggle. You need to go to a camp or, or a short circle that's all helping you get pushed. Yep. That would be my advice. I agree with you 100%. Like business, uh, surround yourself with people that, that are more successful, that bring you up. It's the same thing with the with fighters, you know, and you shouldn't be the best fighter at your gym at a low level. Like it, like at AKA, the best fighters at the gym are the world champions. You know what I mean? They're already they're the best yeah. fighters in the world. You know what I mean? So, so it's like, yeah. and everybody else is getting pushed by better fighters all the way up. Yes. And I think that's, that's yeah. perfectly worded. I think that's a great uh, advice. Um, and yeah, that's what we're doing now. Also, we're trying to, to to build the fight team up, as you know, here at AK Thailand, and sending you guys, sending you, sending you our talent too, Manel Cap. You're gonna love him. He's a he's a great fighter. He's very charismatic. He's a star boy. You know, he's got that like Conor McGregor. You uh, spend all of his money on Gucci and Louis Vuitton and. And it, he's, he's one of those guys. He, he grew up poor. I hope he, still, I hope he still has money. He grew up poor and didn't have, like, money to buy shoes and stuff. So, like, now he, he spends his money on, like, every Gucci, Louis Vuitton shoe and, and clothes. And so he might, need, he might need a little financial advice at some point um, when he starts making the money. And then probably tax advice, too. I don't know how well he's versed in taxes. But um, when, are, when are you going to be able to get a break? Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't know what, when everything's opening, but when do you think the timeline is that we can get you back out here to, to AK Thailand again? And I don't know. I, I mean, I'd like to sometime next year. It's just, man, it's going to be a whole year. It's going to be a whole year. Because my mm-hmm. gym is, man, the way things are going right now, it's going to be tough. Yeah. I don't know when I'm going to, probably next year sometime. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and hopefully I don't get sick like I last time, man. That was horrible. I'm like, man, that's just coughing like crazy, you know, over there. And I'm thinking maybe, you know, I'm thinking maybe I had COVID, but uh, the kind of coughing I had was nothing like what I hear from everybody. And that coughing was uncontrollable, man. I couldn't, I, I hurt my ribs. I was coughing so bad. I hurt my ribs. I couldn't believe it. And no matter, I couldn't sleep because I coughing like crazy. You maybe know, you I had, had it. fever. You know, but but mostly the coughing is what, what was the murder was murder. Maybe you had it or something because like you know what's weird is we we don't see a lot of like the coughing colds here in Thailand for some reason. We we if, if people get sick here usually it's because they ate bad food or it's like a stomach bug or something like that. But we don't see as many colds as we do in America. Like there's not a lot of people coughing, yeah. and sniffing no, too I, much. I mean, I, I I didn't hear anybody coughing when I was there. Yeah, it doesn't happen. And, and then the, you know the 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 all the pills and everything I took didn't work. Nothing yeah. worked. Nothing. And I was like, man, this is ridiculous. You know, cough syrup didn't work. Nothing worked. Nothing. You know, and I was just nuts, bro. I was like, but again, it was in December. So I'm like thinking, no, this stuff didn't start happening until after. But I'm thinking, is it possible? I don't know. I've never been tested. But I'm gonna. I'm looking forward to uh, the DC fight. Then I'll get tested. Then I'll know if, if for some reason maybe I did have it before. I don't think so, though. No. I, don't, I don't think so. I've heard from people that have had it. They said it was they wanted to die, so I'm thinking, okay, yeah, I didn't want to die. I think it's like, <laughs> but I, I just had an uncontrollable cough. 
I think it's like 80% of people are asymptomatic though. So they don't have any symptoms. So I think there's levels yeah. of it. So you could have had it and even had it in a kind of a, a bad state because you were coughing really bad. There's there's a ton of oh, people that yeah. got tested you, that you had remember? no symptoms at all. So you, you might have had it. how bad I was? Well, thanks for coming back on the podcast. You're my favorite guest that just comes back the most. And it's always great talking to you and uh, getting some insight and uh, hopefully I got some, some, uh, good points for young fighters watching to, to help them out as well. And I hope the best for you. I hope the, that you open the gym soon and get back to normal. And I hope the same for us. And we can just get this thing moving forward again and get life back. It's, it sucks. It's, this is just a shitty situation around the world right now. Yeah. It's shitty. Very shitty. Uh, thanks for having me. Always, I love talking to you, and you know, you're, you're, you know, keep doing what you're doing, man. You got, you got something great going. All right, thanks for doing the show, Hav. I appreciate it, and uh, good talking to you, buddy. All right, thanks for having me, Swick. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Bye. All right, there you have it, Javier Mendez. Uh, what a great conversation. Uh, I love having him on the show. Uh, one of my best friends. We, you know, obviously a business partner as well, and. Uh, it's just, it's just always great talking to him, and I'm glad that we can have a conversation like we did today and share it with you guys. I think we gave some great insight on Team AK at, uh, at the headquarters and then Khabib and what's going on with him and D.C. and broke down a lot of stuff. So hopefully you can take a lot from that. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe, leave a comment, let us know what you think. Um, also, if you're listening on the audio platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Spotify, subscribe there as well. I appreciate you all. Thank you all for uh, watching and listening, and we'll see you next time.